With you, second hour of the Dave Ellswick Show. It's a Friday. Makes me happy. Everybody says, but Dave, you work on Saturday. Yeah, but I don't have to get up until 7 a.m. Oh, that's a late morning. Yeah, you got that right. I get up at 3 o'clock every morning to come in here to do the morning show. And uh, 7 o'clock is like really getting to sleep in. That's like 2.30 in the afternoon for everybody else. (laughs) It's about the truth. Robert Steinbach is here in the studio. My thanks again to Jeff Kennelly. Uh, for joining us uh, to talk about his newest book called Interview with the Antichrist. He is the man, uh, as I just found out at the end of the interview, wrote the book Greater, uh, that the movie about Burlesworth was based on. And uh, that in and of itself would have been a great hour show to sit and talk about writing that book. But with no further ado, let's uh, talk to Congressman French Hill. He's on the phone with us today. Typically we do Wednesdays, but he was down on the southern border and it wasn't to have a margarita. How are you today, Congressman? Dave, I'm doing great. Good morning to you. Glad to be with you. And uh, yes, I made my sixth trip to the border in the four and a half years uh, and was down in Arizona this time, Nogales, oh, yeah. south of Tucson, over about 100 miles to Lukeville. And Lukeville is where I saw about 20 miles of very tall, very sturdy, brand new uh, fencing going in. Oh, cool. You know, Nogales is where I, I always talk about because that's when I came down to uh, Arizona and I was on the King Anvil Ranch down there. And uh, that's when the Minutemen were on the border helping out, trying to stem the tide of illegals coming across. And when I was down there in Nogales, the police chief disappeared and he showed back up minus his body. His head was on a pike. I mean, the uh, the cartels rule down there. Do they still rule down there? Well, I think they've made tremendous uh, improvements in Nogales itself uh, compared to the other cities I've been in, like uh, that are smaller, like Laredo or Del Rio right. or McAllen. They have uh, the parallel road system. They have the full bollard wall with uh, uh, lighting and cameras that are far superior to what I saw in the Rio Grande Valley for all of Nogales, plus two miles on either side of Nogales. So I'd say the technology in the Arizona border is superior. Um, And we went to the uh, Bell uh, Ranch and visited with uh, the Chilton's and the Kings, uh, all who ranch right there on the border. And their report was, it's a daily human trafficking. These are all young mm-hmm. men, no families, all trafficking drugs, uh, mostly marijuana in 50-pound rope packs on their backs, and they're caught on their game cameras every day. Um, and we visited with the uh, penal, uh, uh, penal County yep. Sheriff, who sits above about 60 miles from the border, on just how many people he interdicts on I-8. So I think there's still a significant trafficking, uh, human and drug trafficking problem in southern Arizona, but it's nothing compared to what it was. And I think that's because the 
wall has been built in key areas, and where they don't have the wall, they have this extensive aerial and uh, tower surveillance. Yeah, I got pieces of the fencing. They were still working under the Bush administration, putting all that up, and uh, I got pieces of that. that I got bookcases that I keep stuff like that that are keepsakes for myself, and I've got that uh, for myself. But is there is there's a state park down there? Do they still have the signs up saying that you should be aware of, you know, the the drug traffickers and things? Yes, uh, both in the national park, the monuments, uh, and those signs are still very much up. I think what one big change that I noted uh, was we visited with the chairman of the uh, Tejano Indian tribe, which, as you recall, has 2.3 million acres right Mm -hmm. to the immediate west of Nogales and covers about 67 border miles. Well, they they believe, and you know, from their heritage, that their tribe extended on lands on both sides of the border, so they're resistant to any kind of a impenetrable uh, wall structure across that 67 miles. But they've given us leases on two forward operating bases on that border, right within four miles of the border in the desert, and they've given us the ability to put up seven of our surveillance towers across the reservation and build a parallel road along their border. So they're um, out in the press last week complaining about the border wall, saying President Trump had not consulted sufficiently with them. But in fact, they, in my view, from these meetings, have been pretty cooperative with Border Patrol from a technology and surveillance point of view. I'll put it this way. It's an improvement. If you just joined us, uh, Congressman French Hill on with us. Uh, He has just made another tour of the southern border. Now, a lot of yours has been over in the San Diego area. This time you're down in in the the Arizona area of of the border. Uh, How do for our listeners, how do those areas differ? Well, the desert uh, is remote, dangerous and difficult to cross. And San Diego, Tijuana, is completely urban with uh, businesses and warehouses and life backing right up to the fence corridor on both sides. So that urban versus extremely harsh rural environment uh, both present tough challenges. In San Diego, you had tunneling. In San Diego, you have hundreds of people in line coming to the border at the port of entry and presenting themselves uh, as a foreigner seeking asylum in the United States. Uh, and you have most of the drugs uh, that are coming in to the country. They're coming in in cargo, coming in in a vehicle, coming in in a truck, coming in a rail car that the customs folks are not able to adequately uh, screen. So, uh but I will say in San Diego, they've had fencing uh, listeners since 1990. They've had a parallel road system all that time, lighting, cameras, uh, and surveillance. And so they've cut down dramatically since 1990 the people who are just, quote, crossing, uh, trying to get into the United States at San Diego. Um, you know, they had a period in the 90s where they had a lot of tunneling. Uh, from Mexican warehouse into U.S. warehouse, and that's been uh, severely uh, curtailed as well. 
Congressman, this is Robert Steinbuck. Uh, it's good to talk with you again. Maybe we can shift relatedly to domestic politics uh, involving illegal immigration. <clears throat> my original state, I used to say my home state, but Arkansas is my home state. My original state is New York. And up in New York, they just passed a law that they are, <clears throat> pardon me, giving out driver's licenses to illegal aliens. And they have now a two-tiered driver's license system. And the claim, of course, is, oh, well, this makes people safer because apparently by taking an administrative test, you've become a proficient driver. Before then, you didn't know how to drive, by the way. But once you take this test designed largely to get revenue for the state, now you're a proficient driver and everybody's safe. And, by the way, those people that used to drive illegally without a license because they couldn't get a license wouldn't do so now if they didn't pass the test. So there's more holes in that than Swiss cheese, and thank goodness we don't have that notion down here in Arkansas. But yet. How, yet, indeed. Uh, how much more challenging it, is it for you as a congressman uh, on a state in the South uh, to try to make national policy when you see these leftist governors, etc., enacting laws that act as magnets for illegal aliens? Well, I think, Robert, the best thing we can do is get members of Congress to the border as many times as possible, meet with local sheriffs, county judges, meet with the Border Patrol, uh, meet with local landowners and business people, and get a dose of reality about what it's like along the border. And also recognize that it's not one size fits all. A strong 30-foot bollard uh, border wall works perfectly in some places, and it's very challenging and overly expensive in others. And therefore, uh, our most sophisticated border technology uh, is uh, a you know a better substitute on some thousand foot cliff that goes straight down into the Rio Grande River. Um, so, to me. This was a bipartisan priority of the United States in the 1990s. It was voted for by Democrats and Republicans, which is to have good physical border security and have good surveillance of our customs uh, as billions of dollars of goods come across the border from San Diego to Brownsville. I think we have to keep at it. Our guest is uh, Congressman French Hill. He's going to be back with us. Got to get your traffic and weather here. Robert's here as well. He's got other questions. I've got questions. Everybody's got a question, Congressman. We're expecting you to have all the answers. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, we'll be back with more here in just a moment on the Dave Ellswick Show. Not any kind of talk. Stimulating talk. (laughs) (laughs) I heard you laughing at the other end of the phone. I love it. There's no doubt about that. All right, Congressman (laughs) French Hill is our guest today here on the Dave. It's like a... It's like a vigorous mental workout. <laughs> he joins us. We were talking about, uh, let, let me ask you again about how things have changed. You've been doing this now for a while, getting on down by the border. It seems yeah. to me that every congressman and every senator should get down on the border and find out what the, you know, what the heck they're talking about. Well, you know, last year, Nancy Pelosi and AOC led propaganda trips yes. to the border and tried to spin it. I've been to both the places that they visited. They visited out in El Paso, and they were certainly down in McAllen, where I was last spring, where we were getting 100,000 people a month come across the border. And this was a lot of families, and it created a major 
uh, crisis on the border, just like it did during the Obama administration. And the Trump administration uh, rallied to handle it just as the Obama administration did. Uh, And yet the Trump administration was condemned by AOC and Pelosi. This is all all politics, all ridiculous, uh, when the Trump administration is just trying to comply with the laws, and the laws need to be changed. I mean, we have so many things we need to change about our immigration law to make them stronger, better, more effective, and make sure that the U.S. is still attracting the best and brightest uh, every year, plus helping those who are in dire need within, you know, um, our ability. And so uh, I agree. We should have all the members down there, but it should be a, a trip that's balanced and not turned into some propaganda exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Go ahead, Rob. Well, good luck with that, uh, Congressman. I appreciate your optimism, but I'm not as optimistic with the Democrats. When I see uh, just recently uh, Nancy Pelosi looking entirely unhinged on an interview in the last few days in which she was asked about the uh, acquittal of the president on the impeachment trial, and she lost it. She said, that's not an acquittal. Uh, he's impeached forever. And the irony to me is, and don't worry, a question's coming eventually. Um, uh, the irony to me is that the Democrats or the liberals in the 60s and 70s, frankly, were a lot better than the conservatives were on understanding uh, civil rights and, and uh, that one is innocent until proven guilty and defense of the accused, and it seems to me that it's been turned on its head, and the Democrats said, well, if you're accused, you're guilty. Of course, we saw this with Kavanaugh. We saw this throughout. This is a new environment in which if you disagree with the Democrats and somebody accuses you of some sort of either legal wrongdoing or, in their mind, moral wrongdoing, you are permanently disabled in every respect. How did we get to a point that the Democrats have so abandoned what principles they had for decades, all for what they believe is political expediency that I think won't even work well for them? Well, I would argue it's ignorant voters, uh, and we've got to do a better job educating our populace on the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, and all of our individual rights that we have in this country – because the Democratic Party that's moved so far to the left and has this hysteria uh, as their principal governing principle is uh, due to their voters or in, in supporting of it. It's, the, it's like rule by mob, and they're not taking into account uh, all the traditions and all the constitutional protections that we have in the country. So, look, Nancy Pelosi, I saw a poll yesterday. It's a national poll, 800 uh, participants. Uh, she had with Republicans, a 5% approval rating, a 95% disapproval rating. I'm wondering who that 5% are. Me too. We've got to, we've got to identify them. These are people that that need to have some, some careful help. But among Democrats, she only had a third, 30% approval rating. Really? A 30, and, and so, look, she has discredited her office the way she's handled this impeachment. She's broken her own set of rules and principles about uh, trying to steer the House. She's just caved to the mob. And what you're describing, you know, is a mob rule type approach. Uh, we And we've seen it at terrible points in our history. And now we're seeing it applied by one of the major political parties. Yeah, I mean, that's what set us apart 
with our revolution from the French. The French was mob rules, uh, you know, revolution. And the people who started with off with their heads ended up having their heads taken off. Uh, it, I just can't believe people can't put that together, that that's what set us apart, the rule of law. And we can't give up on the rule of law. Well, we all have to uh, continue to speak out on it. That's why I appreciate you having uh, this as a major focus of all the work you do on the radio, Dave, because explaining this, having, and Roberts with his with his uh, legal background, walk people through it. I think they see it on a micro basis. Of course, if they were accused of a crime, they'd want to have yeah. a due process rights and a speedy trial and the right to confront their uh, accusers, right? But somehow we just abdicate all those rights when someone's a public figure. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. So my last question for you, with the new trade agreement we got with Canada and with Mexico, how's that going to help us along the border? Well, uh, it is a help because, look, Mexico and the United States are, are intertwined from border security fighting the drug drug cartels, and in global commerce. So I think it'll help both countries uh, economically to have President Trump's improvements. But also, it's going to increase risks in the sense that we need to have better screening of all the imports, trucks and trains and cars that come into the U.S. every year. I'd say it's one of the weaknesses in border security because Laredo is the biggest inland port in the world. Uh, of what comes across by truck and train every day. I believe that we need to have <clears throat> better screening. And so I know we always talk about the wall and we talk about uh, border patrol and the green uniforms, but I want to make sure that the people in blue uniforms that are screening all the commerce that comes across our border have the uh, uh, X-ray machines and dogs that they need to make sure we're checking as much of that commerce practically as we can. I said last question. I'm, I'm going to take that back uh, because I wanted to ask you that ice seems to be really bad now. Meth is really, really bad, and it's coming from Mexico. From what I've I've read, I've seen some of these big busts that they're having. Uh, do we have to do things differently dealing with methamphetamines again? Uh, well, we it is as as America has unfortunately, in my opinion, personal opinion, legalized recreational marijuana. There is a is a little less marijuana coming across the border and more fentanyl and meth, as you say. And the cartels are smart; they're trying to meet a demand in the United States. Um, I believe that we ought to have higher sanctions on uh, people caught transporting fentanyl particularly senator cotton and i both have legislation on that or meth and we've got to be sensitive to what we need to do to interdict it. Uh, fentanyl alone last year on the border we interdicted enough to kill 150 million americans mm -hmm. and it's smaller it's more compact it's easier to move it's a vicious drug but it's not like something in a 50 pound backpack hauled by a person you can bring uh, all this in your pocket. Uh, you can bring it in an envelope. So that's very valuable on the street. So this is something that we're fighting against and uh, that we need this effort to be bipartisan. And so we're out there arguing for it every day. 
All right. We'll let you go. Congressman, thanks so much for the time Thank today, you, Congressman. especially on Robert, a Friday. You bet. Happy to be with you, you guys. Have a great weekend. All right. Same to you now. Let's get ready for Rush. Rush is going to be with us and give us his morning update. And then we'll continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. 101.1 FM, The Answer. And, of course, the home of the Rush Limbaugh Show. And Dave Ellswick. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 